Hi, and welcome to the Inside the Man Box. I am Rick Fry, and this program is brought to you by Oneness Ministries. If you want more information about uh, biblical counseling, you can contact us at oneness.ministries, excuse me, oneness-ministries.org. It's also brought to you by Marshall Fencing. Um, they provide great work and they did the, my yard and it looks great and if you want information about getting your getting fencing done their phone number is 405-691-1191 my guest today is pastor of a small church in Dell City and I've forgotten the name of it Dell Baptist Temple Mike Smith thank you Mike yes. for coming um, tell us a little bit about yourself well uh, I am a married to a great woman, Laura Smith. Uh, actually, it wasn't Smith. It was Hatfield before it was Smith. And there's a story there, let me tell you. Uh, the, uh, uh, we have been, uh, uh, been married for 43 years, and uh, we have a fantastic uh, family. Got four kids. Got uh, seven grandkids. Uh, they all live basically around Oklahoma City, except I have one daughter who's a missionary to Juarez, Mexico. Wow, that's interesting. And, uh, yeah, so it's uh, uh, my oldest son is pastor of a church that I grew up in, and uh, Grace Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, and uh, my that's where my dad pastored. So there's kind of a generational thing going wow, there. Wow, that's at cool. Grace Baptist Church. Uh, we uh, are currently pastoring Dell Baptist Temple in Dell City, Oklahoma. What's the address? Uh, 3236 Southeast 15th. Okay. And uh, we have, uh, what we did was 15 years ago when we came in there, the church had been in existence for a long time and had just been really renting different locations. But we bought a, an old carpet warehouse building, converted it to a church. Wow. It's kind of ugly on the outside, but it's beautiful on the inside. Well, that's what and God does for us. That's what God does for <laughs> us, yeah. And uh, we've got a great group of people there, uh, stayed through the with the church for a lot of uh, hard years. Mm. And, uh, again, a great group of people. Um, we have the address. I was going to make sure we got that. Um, um, in In your life, are there men that impacted you the most? Can you talk about any of them? Yeah, I've uh, uh, several men, several people actually, who have been an influence in my personal life. I guess I start with my father, uh, uh, Leo Smith. He was he's been a pastor of a church for a lot of years. He was probably about sixty years in the ministry. Wow altogether uh, 40 of those years 43 of those years were at one church grace baptist church mm -hmm. uh we uh, uh we traveled i say traveled we moved a lot when i was growing up as a kid my claim to fame is i've never spent two years in the same school district until i was in the seventh grade oh and so it was just dad in in going different places and being pastor here and associate here and and uh, he he kind of he he worked a for a few of those years he worked a civil service job hmm. and so he pastored part-time and much like i did my ministry but uh, he he's impacted me the most uh you know my mom and uh and, and then other 
uh, pastors that I've worked for have formulated, if you will, uh, my ministry and affected my ministry in a great way. Hmm. And so, uh, well, one of the um, what what a when I think about people who their career is in ministry, um, obviously you have to be called to that. Right. And um, we have pastors that are in charge of these mega churches yeah. and m- maybe even other churches that, you know, have two or 3,000 members. And you are the pastor of a small church. Yes. Do you, when you started out in this, did you plan? Did you hope to be the pastor of a mega church, or did you plan to keep it um, uh, small? Great question. Uh, a lot of us college kids came out of Bible college uh, envisioning the mega church. Mm. Uh, that was due to the fact that the college where I went to in Springfield, Missouri. A lot of the churches that we were able to choose from to, to attend had big congregations. Mm-hmm. And so we learned the ideal, if you will, quote unquote, from that. The real world, however, was you graduate from college, you go out there and you start on the bottom rung ladder. Sure. And, uh, and so uh, you just don't walk into a big church like that. Uh, and so early on in my ministry, uh, I, I dreamed of that. Uh, pastor in a, a mega church, mm-hmm. but God had something different in mind for me, and uh, I have come to understand. And I'm not disappointed in any way. Understand that, but I have come to uh, appreciate the fact that uh, God has is using me in a, a very personal way to reach people, because no matter how big your church is, you can only reach one person at a time. Right. And so uh, I enjoy every Sunday shaking hands or at this point just kind of waving at them at distance because of the coronavirus, but greeting people, every person that comes into our church. Uh, And uh, I enjoy that. I enjoy getting to know people. Uh, I enjoy uh, pastoring them and uh, going through hardships with them. And victories with them, mm-hmm. and uh, and that is, you know, the smaller church has. And don't get me wrong, I would love to have more people in my church, sure. but uh, I love the fact that God has put me here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, tell us a little bit about uh, about your church, and why would people want to come visit there? Uh, we again, kind of for the same reason. It's a very personable church. Mm-hmm. Our people are, are friendly, they're outgoing, uh, they get to know you when you come into the church. You walk in as a visitor, uh, you're not left to the big abyss that yeah. is uh, an auditorium. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we get to know you, uh, we, we have a place not only for you to hear Christ and to hear about uh, uh, Jesus, but also a place to serve and to connect in that way yeah. and to take our Christian faith and, and make it real as soon as, as, soon as possible. Yeah. And uh, uh, that's, uh, I think that's a, a plus for our size church. I think that that's the point of the church 
is those relationships yes and those opportunities to serve because i don't think god necessarily needs anything from us but he likes it when we are in a position where we get to serve and not necessarily have to because he presents us with the opportunities and then it becomes up to us and so i think that's i think that's awesome i think that you um, um are spot on and that you want to have relationships with the people who listen to you and share life with you yeah yeah so that's i think that's great um has the has the pandemic uh impacted your attendance much oh yes uh like most churches uh attendance wise we're down to about 50 percent of of what uh other churches slowly coming back but uh it has affected and probably sadly some of those people are not going to be able to come back right uh, maybe because of age uh, and maybe just because uh, and maybe this is an unfortunate thing uh, <clears throat> some of the people that you that won't come back because they'll say hey wait i can hear this message online mm-hmm. i'll just stay here with my pajamas on yeah. and eat popcorn and, and listen <laughs> and, in and the morning in the morning yeah yeah whatever <laughs> yeah play golf i don't know <laughs> no. oh no <laughs> but, but uh, uh mike and i play golf yeah just about every week that's right yeah, yeah. so yeah you don't want to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to go there today. No, we don't. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, I heard a statistic from another pastor that he, uh, <clears throat> the same the same numbers about fifty fifty percent of the people have not come back. Forty percent will not come back, and and that's the whole point of what we do is that those people who are um, not really wanting to go back, I, I want them to still hear the gospel. I want right. them to still hear the truth. They're online, right. and they're now listening to podcasts. So I feel like if God can use this to reach those people, maybe we can encourage them to come back. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, uh, the the reality of it is God is not surprised by what's going on. Absolutely not. And that that is a possibly a, a benefit of uh, the technology, the time that we're living in, We've we've uh, were on Facebook Live now, mm-hmm. uh, and you weren't before. We weren't before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we do. I'll do announcements on Facebook Live. I'll text people uh, on a weekly basis, and I stay connected that way because I can't do it face to face. Yeah, and, and so. Uh, uh, how God has opened up those ministries like Oneness Ministries and other ministries that that uh, are really a blessing and uh, maybe if the devil had known that ahead of time he wouldn't have done this you know <laughs> well, I don't know maybe <laughs> I don't know either but here we are so um, how did you how did you what brought you to commit your life to Christ uh, it sounds like you grew up in a pretty yeah. solid family. Yeah. And so it wasn't much of a stretch. I mean, is that true? That That is true uh, in, a, in a sense. Uh, I, uh, I was raised in a Baptist church. I was raised uh, with uh, Christian and, parents. And we won't hold that against you. And we you won't hold that. I'm sure you'll try not to, yeah. 
<laughs> Careful, I'll start talking about your golf game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, you know, and I'd heard the gospel all my life, but I realized when I was 10 years old that I, w- I was just as lost as an infidel, as a guy that had never gone to church before. And, and so I asked Christ in my heart. I remember the time. I remember where I was. And I knelt, and I, and I humbled myself, and I said, I'm a sinner, and I need Christ in my heart. And, and I believe that he saved me. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that point on, uh, and I understand I had to go through my teenage years. Sure. Okay. And and so uh, having, uh, uh, but I always came back to that point mm-hmm. uh, before I received Christ, mm-hmm. and that's kind of been my anchor, if you will. That, sure. That time for all for all of us. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you've you've sort of addressed this too, but I'm going to continue to ask the question: When God called you into service, how did you envision your life in the pulpit? Uh. I, you know, at that, I remember when uh, I was 13 when the Lord called me wow. into the ministry. And and I thought, okay, pastor. You know, that's what I thought. Because mm-hmm. my dad was a pastor. And I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to be. Now, I didn't realize what I had to go through to get there. Uh, a lot of other, and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn because that's not the case. But I remember that same youth camp that I surrendered to the Lord. There were other guys and other women who, uh, girls that surrendered also, and uh, there they didn't stick with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I knew in the long term that God had called me because uh, my call was uh, put in my heart and implanted there. It wasn't just a fa- fade, fad, but just a fad that faded away but it was something that I always wanted to do. And I, uh, you know, Bible college and then going through a a lot of uh, associate's positions and uh, going from place to place to Arkansas to to, uh, Kansas to Oklahoma uh, and then finally into the pastorate. Uh, The the fact that... uh, uh, the fact that a lot of that time was bivocational, mm-hmm. that uh, even though that I was working a full-time job somewhere doing different things, uh, that uh, that didn't stop, diminish my call. That's awesome. Um, tell us about Bible, Bible College. What was that like? Bible College, Baptist Bible College <clears throat> in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, I was there in the 70s. And uh, it's a great college. Uh, they uh, uh, they taught you very not only the theological uh, values and uh, uh, the the law, the book, if I, say, I call it that, but also the practical side, mm-hmm. the servitude and things. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it was uh, uh, a learning experience to say the least. First time away from home. Wow. As a teenage, you know, late teenager, and uh, a lot of, a lot of students were that way. You know, two thousand back then, about twenty five hundred wow. uh, students and stuff, and we were just kind of crazy. Tell and, me what that means. You were kind of crazy. Uh, we 
we did because know you, you seem like a really serious guy were you right. as serious then as you are now yeah well i okay i wasn't college crazy okay uh, okay, well, okay. I mean, by that is i didn't go partying okay you couldn't for one thing well, you, you couldn't, couldn't party right, right yeah. okay <laughs> now now i gotta tell you okay there are some stories that floated around by this bible college of some well-known preachers who I will not mention here because you might get sued. No, I'm just kidding. You. <laughs> but uh, that that they were kind of party people, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, and and so you hear stories like that. But they were still serious. Uh, the okay, I probably talked myself in a hole now. But I really believe that uh, uh, those students that came with the intent of of uh, serving God uh, didn't see it as a four-year Bible college, but they saw it as a training uh, training institution mm-hmm. and things. Uh, the, I remember one of my friends that came there at the same time I did from Oklahoma, he, he said to me before school started, he said, man, this is going to be like a, a three-year youth camp. And the first day of Bible college and orientation meeting uh, the president of Baptist Bible College gets up there and he says, "This is not a three-year Bible call, a three-year youth camp," and it really dil- disillusioned a lot of people. And because number one, and me to a certain degree, because I thought I'll breeze through this. I know everything there is to know about the Bible. I grew up in church. Yeah. I realized how much I didn't know. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah. good. So you pretty much, they pretty much built a new foundation. Yeah. And then built on top of that. Yeah, they did. Did they? Did you have to learn Greek and Hebrew? Uh, yeah, uh, <coughs> the uh, that was one of the classes that I didn't do well in. Yes, That's tough. Yeah, it is so tough. Yeah, it is so tough. Um, personal question. Okay, how do you hear God? Through His, uh, through the the Word of God through reading his word uh he directs through uh his word but also uh, and to some degree it's a pat answer but uh to, to make it understandable uh god just leads us and the the reading of god's word the discipline in doing that mm-hmm. of of doing that every day and then praying every day mm-hmm. that's how god directs us and uh, uh, to say that we're not going to make any make wrong moves and go left when we should have gone right or gone right when we should have gone left uh, that that's that's unrealistic mm-hmm. we're going to make the wrong decisions God directs but God's word promises that uh, that his that his word is a light unto uh, my path and a lamp into or lamp into my path, a light into my way. That God is going to direct us if we put His Word out there and, and read His Word and let God's Word direct us. His Holy Spirit is who's living within me, and He's the one that directs me. Sure, in everything. Sure. Yeah. sure. This is a tough question. Um, uh, maybe not. Do you feel like, um, are you are you in the position where you have to read scripture or you get to read scripture? Okay, now see that is a good question mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the pastorate, your job, is to read and interpret scripture. Mm-hmm. 
being able to separate that is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. Uh, I I get up every morning and I uh, and I read my Bible. I have scripture plan, if you will, that I go by. Basically, it's it's uh, it's a, a book at a time. Mm-hmm. I don't go from Genesis to Revelation anymore. I'll I'll just read something that, and I always read the Psalms, <laughs> and I read the poetic books. But I love the history. Sure. Okay, so I love that part. But unfortunately, the pastor in me is reading along there, and I'm thinking, "Wow, that'll make a great message," <laughs> and I'll just start writing. Right. Okay. And and uh, and sometimes I catch myself. I'm thinking, "Wait." Let's put that on over here. Put a pin in that. I'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, set, you know, for me, it's separating the two. Right. But I still learn both ways. Certainly. Right. So, so what you're talking about is making the distinction between personal time with God right. and professional time preparing to deliver a message to this group of people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a. Uh, it's. And and you never dad taught me this. You you never prepare a message with one person in mind, but there is a uh, there is an element of preparing messages that's thinking. Okay, I see where these people need this. You know, God's directing me in this direction on on this story, but uh, personally, I have to go over my personal devotion and say I need this. Yeah. I need this. So the one person you have in mind needs to be you. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. That's great. Right. Yeah. Um, gosh, how, how can you measure success as a pastor of a church? Because it, it can't be about numbers. No. Uh, maybe, but... I, I've never believed that it was about numbers. We have this goal, so we got to reach X number of people every month. Yeah. But uh, in, personally, how do you how do you um, describe what success is going to be when you decide to retire? How will how how will your life look successful? Well, it's like five questions there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the one verse that I go back to in the Bible is that God has called us to be faithful and not successful mm. that we are stewards of the word yes. and and so did i hold true to that standard did i hold true to that was i faithful in, in the tough times as well as the good times and uh, that will be at the end of my ministry that will be thinking okay i did i did okay the success on a day-to-day basis uh is uh Am I putting the word out every day? I mean, you know, do I am I able to make connection with people? Uh, am I able to help people? Mm-hmm. Again, going back to the fact that I love uh, one-on-one relationships with people, and uh, there uh, to see people's lives changed and grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a good judgment of that for me, fortunately is that I have stayed here in central Oklahoma for most of my ministry, and and I remember being a youth pastor of uh, Grace Baptist Church back in the 70s, and some of those uh, teenagers then Mm -hmm. have grown up, and and I know them, Mm -hmm. and they're good Christians, Mm -hmm. and they're solid men and women, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, wow, okay, maybe I had a part in that. 
and that to me is a judgment of uh, uh, a human judgment of of a uh, of a heavenly uh, calling. Yes, yes. <clears throat> this question is not on my sheet. Okay. So, uh, and I'm I want to make sure I ask it respectfully. I'll, I'll tell you my position, and then you you can t- tell me what you think. You several times make reference to the Bible as the Word. Um, I believe that the Word is Christ, that He's the physical manifestation of God, and that what we read every day is Scripture. Um, But every pastor I talk to calls it the Word. What is your opinion on that? John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, It's kind of hard for, humanly speaking, to separate that. What does that mean exactly, except for the fact that God, uh, the word God breathed, inspiration, Mm -hmm. where these are, uh, we look at God's word and uh, we we look at uh, we look at a book like uh, Numbers, or we look at a book like uh, uh, Song of Solomon, or we look at book just different books in the Bible where where it has stories and begats and everything, and you think, well, now why would God put that in there, and why is this so important? And what we have to go back to is the fact that well, this is. God speaking to us. This is how God is communicating with us. So there's a lesson here somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh, cr- as far as Christ being the Word, uh, it's it's the fact that He is the manifestation of the the Bible. He is the He's in Genesis. He's in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. He's in every book of the Bible, mm-hmm. and we dive in. We seek that. We find Christ, the central figure of the Godhead, and and so we find that there, and we we relish that. Yes, yes. The Alpha and the Omega, mm-hmm. the beginning and the end, and so we we do. We we seek Christ, and that's what we see. Yes. Um. Other than your wife or God, when you're dealing with the pressures of being a pastor, is there a person in your life that you can share your frustrations with? Because it's got to be sometimes very frustrating to do your job. Yeah, I. And, uh, and you know, uh, if, if some of your congregation hears this and they say, "Well, what is he frustrated about?" <laughs> yeah, well, I only work on Sunday. What am I going to be frustrated about? But, right? My sister makes that joke about it. Uh, the uh, uh, yes, I I do have uh, uh, people that I uh, vent to, if mm-hmm. you will, and uh, they uh, you know they they hold in confidence uh, what I say, and uh, that that does make a difference. And uh, uh, you know the Bible talks about you know <laughs> every Christian, every Christian, no matter who they are needs that brother or sister in Christ that they can go to mm-hmm. iron sharpeneth iron mm-hmm. and and uh, we have that that uh, earthly relationship that we build with people that we can go to and, and uh, uh, again vent if you will yeah and uh, you have to and there's some accountability probably built into those relationships as well yeah, yeah. You know, uh-huh. which is necessary um what limits you mike
What limits me? Okay, so uh, probably my my uh, physical abilities to uh, think on my feet. Mm. Uh, I write my messages out for the most part. Uh, I uh, and, and so uh, now I I don't necessarily see that as a negative because uh, you know I I do I write them out and my messages out and then I veer off from that mm-hmm. but uh, I I uh, see guys that can just think fast on their feet and I'm thinking uh, wow I wish I had that yeah. ability we have a mutual friend that does that pretty well yeah. Steve Rains yeah. is really pretty good at uh, thinking on his feet yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, my son who is a pastor can do that mm-hmm. and uh, I have uh, okay, I got to tell you a story. Uh, I one time I saw his notes that he wrote for Sunday. Mine are a double, mine are a single spaced, uh, double two page sermon outline. Okay, mm-hmm. with notes in between. His was a square piece of paper with handwriting on it. And I saw, I knew that he was doing it late at night because it kind of trailed off there at the end, <laughs> and it was just scribbling all around it. Yeah. And he used that for his Sunday message, and uh, and but he did good, he did well. Yeah. And uh, he it's again thinking fast on your feet. I can't do that. I can't either. I, my I'm limited. There are things that I um, remember very well, mm-hmm. but like scripture passages, the address. If I don't write it down, yeah, I can't pull. I can't. I can't remember where they were. Yeah. So I end up saying, you know, the scripture that says, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Bible says, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. That's a good. That's a good pastor preacher preacher trick. The Bible says. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your greatest fear? Uh, the greatest fear is all of my family being born again mm-hmm. uh, and they are but uh, just you know my downline if you will uh, of uh, someday my grandchildren my grandchildren's children them being born again mm-hmm. and and praying and hoping that that happens and uh, I guess that's that's my greatest I, I guess that's every father's yeah. fear that that his children won't um, share the values that that yeah. we live by as people in full time ministry. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. That's a pretty common fear. Do you feel like you're part of a team? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I, uh, as far as uh, the church is concerned, uh, they. Uh, we have a, a great group of people, a core group of people that, uh, and if you go back with Dell Baptist ministry back to 1955 even, uh, the, the church had been through a lot of hard times mm-hmm. and, uh, and there's a group of people, core people who uh, admittedly are slowly getting smaller because of just time. But uh, they stayed with the church, mm-hmm. and that core group has built it. That's the team that we built over the last fifteen years, and uh, uh, they are the ones that that do the work. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that do the nuts and bolts of the of the 
of keeping the church up and things. So I'm part of that group. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good – you have to have that. You have to have those people that you can uh, um, trust and count on. That's right. We have that here too. We're a really small um, counseling organization, and and we just depend on each other. And, uh, yeah, it works really well for us. Um, When you think about your dad – do you transfer any of your of his attributes to God? To, Does that make sense? That question makes sense. Uh, what do you? As a counselor, okay, I'll, I'll sit with a a guy, and he'll have these attitudes uh, about, well, my dad was absent, so mm-hmm. I feel like God's absent, or my dad was really strong and really uh, involved. And then they can transfer that to the Heavenly Father that he's really strong and involved. So there are a lot of messages that we grow up with because of our relationship or lack thereof with our own fathers. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I see that, uh, the good points, uh, if you will. I I know that dad was not perfect, but uh, still uh, those attributes of family, uh, how that we stayed together. Uh, was uh, is what the Heavenly Father does for us. Mm-hmm. He stays with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said before, up until we got moved, really moved to Oklahoma City, we moved around a lot. And uh, our family did. And we moved to New Mexico and, and uh, I guess from Kansas to New Mexico and really moved around a lot. That kept our family, believe it or not, together. Mm-hmm. My, my uh, brother and two sisters and and uh, mom and dad, we we, you know, we stuck together. Now later in life, uh, we are still a close family. And uh, my mom's passed, but my you know my dad's here local, mm-hmm. and uh, you know keeping track of him and and uh, uh, just just building that, making sure that relationship grows is mm-hmm. important. Yeah. I think the air conditioning just came on. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I can hear it. Um, what do you do for fun? I know one thing you do for fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I do for fun is mainly complain about my golf game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, uh, I I really like uh, uh, golfing, and mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's uh, my hobby, if you will. Uh, I've given up a couple of hobbies that uh, had just got too expensive. Uh, uh, I, up until a few few years ago, uh, I had a horse. Oh. And uh, my again, my dad grew up with horses, and so uh, and so that that worked in really well. And so I grew up with those horses, and and uh, we had a horse, and and uh, we'd keep it for a while, and. Had the kids all on it, things like that. But uh, that's one of those. I still like horses. I just can't afford both golf and horses. Well, so I, I would choose golf. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never been around horses much. So, <laughs> um, what will you do when you retire? You know that that question has come up. I'm 64 years old, and so uh, you're still a baby. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm still a kid, but that that uh, we've discussed that me and my wife, mm-hmm. 
and uh, I guess uh, what I'd like to do uh, is uh, not I don't know if it's feasible but uh, I guess uh, I still want to be relevant and I still want to be uh, used by God mm-hmm. in whatever capacity uh, you know whether it's taking a lesser ministry as far as uh, maybe being as associate of some kind uh, helping smaller churches uh, I think I can be an asset there mm-hmm. uh, just uh, going in and maybe being an interim pastor somewhere that thoughts crossed my mind uh, and uh, I love to preach and so just being able to fill pulpits mm-hmm. uh, I see that as a viable op- opportunity so what you're saying is that you're not going to retire? Not not from preaching. From the pastorate, yeah. I, I think that there'll come a time when I can't function that way anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't want to. Uh, uh, I don't want to burden the church down. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be determination. Uh, the church, uh, the people at at the church need a pastor that that can uh, that can function well, mm-hmm. and uh, so. I want to make sure that's when you say function well do you mean like hospitalization visit hospital visits yeah visit the hospitals uh, uh, uh preparing messages uh you know uh outside of the covid thing right now i was doing five messages a week oh. well i mean you know sunday school lessons and bible lessons oh, okay. and things like that you know but it's it's studying and it's and it's constantly studying and reading and writing and mm-hmm. things and uh, uh, I think there comes a time, because I watched my dad go through this, there comes a time where, where I, the thoughts are harder to put together mm-hmm. and without saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're saying the same thing over and over again, your people are not going to grow. Well, I, I mean, I say that they need to grow whether, whether they have a... Well, and I think they're that it's not up to you whether they grow or not. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I get that, yeah. But there is a responsibility yes, there. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. You, uh, people want to be taught the truth. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, we, me and my wife love to go on cruises. Oh, you do? Okay, oh, we love cruises. And we've been on, we're getting ready to go on one in November. And uh, so... Where are you going? Uh, we're going to go to the Caribbean, okay, uh, providing everything works yeah, out, yeah. okay. And uh, but we're going to go. Uh, can't tell you where all we're going to go because we might be followed. But uh, <laughs> we we would love to go to. Uh, uh, we're going to go on a, a seven day cruise out of Florida. But uh, I thought, man, wouldn't it be great if they needed a chaplain on the cruise liner forever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> we we've got one coming. I think ours is in May. We're going on a Mediterranean cruise. Oh, okay. We, my wife's the top thing on my wife's bucket list is to go to Jerusalem to go oh, to the Holy Land. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're going to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, how did you meet your wife? We met in Bible college on a blind date. Wow. Uh, skating, <laughs> skating. They let you go skating. Yeah, well, the Bible college. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible college was a, a very strict back in the seventies. Very strict. We had certain date nights that we could date on. Okay, they didn't let you date while you were supposed to be studying, and so uh, we met. Our claim to fame is we met met on an illegal date. 
<laughs> at the skating rink <laughs> and why she ever fell for me because to be honest with you i was falling all over the place at the skating rink i didn't skate well at all i usually held on the rail going around it but uh that's where we met and uh and we we met we dated a couple of times during the school year she went back home for the summer i went back home for the, she's from ohio i'm mm. from oklahoma and uh carried the and we got we got back uh and and uh started back together again back in september became engaged for about a year and then got married the next uh so she liked you right off you didn't have to win her uh you know i had to yeah <laughs> yeah i i worked at mcdonald's she came in i gave her free hamburgers oh That's kinda my way. gosh yeah. <laughs> they didn't know about that at the they, Bible college. No, they did not. Know. <laughs> you know, you know they, there's a lot of things they don't know. I'd rather not say at this point. It doesn't matter. This yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. This might be early retirement. That's all. <laughs> oh, shoot. Let's see. Um, I'm going to finish with this question. What do you want to be remembered for? I ask all my yeah. interviews the same question, but I think it's a great question. I think I love the question. Uh, I, I want to be remembered that uh, for that uh, that I was faithful <laughs> to uh, to the Lord. I was faithful to uh, His church. That uh, uh, that that I, that I was a good dad. Maybe that was comes first. Good husband, good dad. Uh, my family, uh, you know, if there's a, an order here, it's God, family, then the church, and and uh, so I want to, uh, you know, want my kids to look at me and and say, okay, uh, you know, dad's good, and uh, this is who I want to be like, and they they pattern their life out of me which i pattern my life after my dad yeah. and the lord and so uh, uh that's i think that's what i want to be remembered by well this has been a great interview mike i yeah. appreciate you coming back well to to be truth to be honest we did this once before yeah and somehow i erased it or i don't know what happened to it but yeah. it was gone so mike was gracious enough to come back and do it again, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Well, if it if this was a golf game, this would be a mulligan. Okay. <laughs> well, that first one, was, I had my mulligan, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. All right, thank, thank you. Thank you.